Welcome to Betty Bites, a decidedly delicious, short and sweet mind snack for your brain to chew on. I've gone back into the Betty library and pulled out my favorite Betty sound bites, a recipe you might say. It's bits of wisdom, sprinkles of knowledge, and a dash of dry humor for you to do and be better. Can you define, because I want to talk about the, the, the broken seven that you talk about in the book, but what, what is a, when we talk about dissonance between the brain and the body, you call this the brain body failure. Can you explain what that is and maybe some clinical uh, pearls or insights? If you had a woman coming into, you know, to your office, that's, you know, maybe in her mid forties and her mid fifties, and you're suspecting that you're seeing that brain body failure. What are some cues or some clues that you might be picking up on with her? Great question. So there's a lot of them. (laughs) And, you know, one of the things that I think is an important clue is uh, vasomotor symptoms, hot flashes, night sweats, and starting to to notice some mood changes, um, especially in women in their 40s. So I'm a big believer in more information about perimenopause. I think perimenopause is such a pivotal time in a woman's life cycle. And it's a, it's a time where, unfortunately, women start to get dismissed more. They go to their primary care doctor and they explain they're having night sweats or they explain, okay, I'm not, I don't have major depression, but I've got this moodiness that I never had before. And they often will get, um, you know, sort of patted on the back and told, well, you're getting older, you're not sleeping as much, you know, you have young kids, that's the reason. And no one bothers to check their blood sugar. No one bothers to check their insulin level. No one bothers to look at, you know, some of these factors that are so important between the body and the brain. So hot flashes, night sweats, I think are, are really important. I think mood is such an important indicator. It's like a, a barometer, I think, of the brain-body connection. And it's also, you know, I think hormones drive what you're interested in. And as your hormones start to change, that can be, you know, right after having a baby, postpartum is a really common time to have this, but also in perimenopause. And and the way that I think about the hormonal changes in perimenopause is maybe a little different than uh, some other folks. I don't see it as, you know, kind of the sputtering that happens down to zero. It's more like um, this initial first phase of perimenopause, which typically is between like 40 and 45, where you're estrogen starts to fluctuate wildly and progesterone declines. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a period of relative estrogen dominance or dis-estrogenism. And then the second half is when, second half of perimenopause is when estrogen starts to decline. It's not fluctuating wildly quite as much. And overall, it's less than what you had. And we know that for women who are really sensitive to their estrogen levels and to their testosterone levels, it can lead to mood changes. And what I, what I always ask my patients is, you know, tell me about your pregnancy. What was your mood like? What was your mood like after you gave birth, you know, if they've had children? Because that postpartum period is often a preview of coming attractions um, in terms of the brain-body connection. So I mentioned estradiol and progesterone, but there's also thyroid. There's testosterone, of course. There's cortisol. 
So I, I think cortisol is in many ways the elephant in the room in terms mm -hmm. of brain body connection in, in both directions, because mm -hmm. we know the gut brain axis is bidirectional. Yes. So I think those are some key issues. Another one is um, the mitochondria. I have so many patients who give me this clue. They say, you know, I, I love to exercise. I've exercised regularly, but I, I just don't recover the way that I used to. Or I'm just, I'm so tired. I can't do burst training. I know you told me I should do some HIIT training. I just can't do it. I'm too exhausted. Mm -hmm. So that level of kind of exercise fatigue is another clue of what could be going on. Now, there's also the work, if we could get geeky for just a moment here. Oh, please. <laughs> there's the work of Lisa Moscone, who I think is super interesting. She just published XX Brain. And what she's shown is that 80% of women over the age of 40, start to have this slowdown of their brain energy. 80% of women. So that always makes me curious about, okay, what's going on in that other 20%? I want to study them and see what's what different. What do the outliers look like? Yeah, yeah. What do the outliers look like? And then for these women, the 80% who have this slowdown, the technical term for it is uh, cerebral hypometabolism. What we know from PET scans that Lisa has done is that the way that glucose moves around in the brain starts to change. It declines. And it's sub substantial. It's like a 15% decrement in uh, perimenopause and like a 20 plus percent decrement in menopause. And when I explain this to my patients, when I say to them, listen, do you find that your brain is slower than it was before? Are you having more difficulty multitasking? You know, are you walking into a room and you can't remember why? Like, those are some of the clues mm -hmm. that tell you that this brain-body connection could be disrupted. And is it because the glucose, do we know that, you know, the, the way that the glucose is transporting, is it that it's not being taken up by the cells as efficiently anymore? So you're having more glucose that is not being used to make ATP? Is that, is that what that is? I would say the mechanism isn't totally clear yet. We, you know, what, what I understand from Lisa's research, and this is, um, this was just discovered in the last couple of years. Yeah. What I understand from her research is that it seems to be the decline in estrogen in the brain that kicks off this process. Right. But the point you're making, I think is important too. You know, is this related to, what I think of as insulin block or insulin resistance, where your cells become numb to insulin in the rest of the body. Like, is it also happening in the brain? Yeah. And so there seems to be a correlation between the two. And we know that, you know, these, these could be some of the very early steps that lead over a few decades to Alzheimer's disease. And as someone who has Alzheimer's in my family, I'm super interested in that particular area. And so we know that the same enzyme, insulin degrading enzyme that deals with your blood sugar and trying to stabilize your blood sugar is also the enzyme that helps to break down beta amyloid. Right. So controlling your blood sugar, you know, I, I sometimes joke that I want people to care about their, their blood sugar the way that they care about their retirement accounts, because it is your retirement account. <laughs> like it is, yeah. it is the most important lever when it comes to brain health. 
and such an important lever when it comes to the brain-body connection. All right, Bettys, if you found that that little snippet wet your appetite and you are looking for more, you can go to our show notes for this episode. And in the show notes, we will have a link for you to click on and it will bring you to the full, robust, juicy conversation. 